What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today I have probably my most important video today. I feel like today I'm about to deliver you guys so much value that this this video should probably be behind the paywall. I'm gonna be taking you guys behind the curtain, behind the scenes of what I'm looking for in rookie wide receivers and how I evaluate them. What do I look for in their stats, their advanced metrics, their combine stats, all of that and more. This is gonna be a long one, so let's not waste any more time. Let's go. Now, before I get going here, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. It really helps out the channel, helps us out in the algorithm. It helps us grow the Ron Stewart fantasy football community. And while you're down there, man, make sure you go down below, join the Discord. It's at the top of the description, man. That's pretty much our group chat for everything fantasy football, seasonal, dynasty. We do mock drafts in there. We have all that kind of good stuff in there. So make sure you join the Discord down below. Now, let's get into the topic of today. What am I doing when I evaluate rookie wide receivers? The first thing that I'm going to do just to kind of get an overall look at this wide receiver. I wanna look at their breakout age. We're gonna break down every single one of these advanced metrics at the absolute root of them. So the definition of breakout age is the age a player broke 20% college dominator rating during their college career. College dominator rating, what is that? That's the player's market share of a team's receiving yards and receiving TDs in an offense. So for example, a thousand receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns, let's say a wide receiver has that. That's gonna be a 20% dominator rating in an offense with 5,000 receiving yards and 20 passing touchdowns because that's 20% of each. 4 over 20, 20%. 1,000 over 5,000, 20%. Breakout age is going to be the year, the, the age at which the player hit that 20% college dominator rating. The younger the breakout, the better. When you guys look at this, this is via Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. Just off breakout age alone. 30.5% of 18-year-old breakouts hit a top 24 season. 23.2% for 19-year-old breakouts. 12% for 20-year-old breakouts. And 21 and 22-year-olds are around a 4% hit rate. So how do we use breakout age when we're evaluating i don't use it as a you must hit 18 years old but I, i'm looking for an 18 or 19 year old breakout after that the success rate falls off an absolute cliff so it, that's what you're looking for you want 18 or 19 and it makes sense right you want a player that can dominate against other older players during his first two years when he's an underclassman barely even has got fucking facial hair and shit and they're out there dominating grown men because when you think about it you want that to happen in the nfl when you have a dynasty wide receiver and he comes onto your team you draft him you want him to be a young guy out there dominating older men on the field like justin jefferson that did last year like t higgins did last year so it makes sense if they did it in college that they would do it in the nfl now like i said this isn't a huge huge metric in my process but this is a way that i like to get to know prospects you know a table setter if you will it's just super straightforward and gives me an idea of when this player came onto the scene in college here comes the juicy stuff i know a lot of people out there they just look at breakout age and college dominator rating i think that we're at a spot where i, I like breakout age with college dominator rating i would honestly like breakout age better if it was done with one of these two metrics i like yards per team pass attempt and weighted dominator these are the two stats that i've become a really big fan of over the past month or so now and i've really just had to come to jesus baptism type thing with me now seeing which stats matter now why are these two stats the ones i like yards per team pass attempt and weighted dominator rating at am i the real blair on twitter he wrote a really good article where he broke down the wide receivers from 2005 to 2016 draft classes and found which metrics correlated to the most ppr points in a player's first three years the two the only two metrics that broke a 0.18 r squared value which is just pretty much a metrics correlation to a player's ppr potential he found out that the only ones that broke 0.18 were yards per team pass attempt and weighted dominator rating yards per team pass attempt that's literally a player's receiving yards divided by his team's pass attempts it combines dominance and efficiency it's pretty much every time the quarterback throws the ball what is the wide receiver on the field doing it kind of takes into account target share efficiency 
all that kind of stuff. And it is the golden metric, according to uh, Andrew Blair's article. Now, weighted dominator. This is a metric that Anthony Amico came up with. It's very similar to college dominator rating. The problem is with college dominator rating and why it's an outdated metric at this point is because it has a 50-50 split between receiving yards and touchdowns. Now, what we know in the fantasy community and in seasonal leagues is that we know year to year receiving touchdowns aren't sticky. You know, a guy like Cooper Cup, he could go out there and have 10 receiving touchdowns and next year he has three. They're not sticky year to year. So it accounts for that and it makes receiving yard market share 80% of the metric and it makes touchdowns 20% instead of a 50-50 even split. What do we do with these metrics? We don't just look at their career. We don't look at just one year when they broke out. <clears throat> what I like to do, the way that I use them is I experience adjust them courtesy of campus to canton.com experience adjusting them is just going to take their years out of high school and it's more freshman sophomore junior senior than it is 18 19 20 21 and I like it better that way I'll get into that in a second though let's look at these charts when you go into campus to canton.com you could input these wide receivers and here are the first round wide receivers from 2016 what am I looking for on both of these charts both of these charts the receiving yards per team pass attempt by year out of high school weighted dominator rating by year out of high school it's a, it's a really good chart to use I want to see the wide receiver surpass that dotted line in one of his first two seasons. Now, what is that dotted line? It shows the average for NFL wide receivers who earned the top 24 season in the NFL. So it's kind of like the, the litmus test, if you will. You want to be over that dotted line one of your first two years. As you can see, if you just used this chart when going over those 2016 first round wide receivers, you would have dodged Corey Coleman, Laquan Treadmill, and Josh Doxson. Clearly, Will Fuller is the best wide receiver of the bunch according to these metrics. And it, it is played out that way in the NFL. How do I value each breakout against each breakout? If you broke out your freshman and sophomore season, that is gold. That is, if you broke out just year one, that's still really good. If you broke out just year two, that's pretty good as well. But like I said, both year one, year two, and that's how I kind of, the that's kind of how I differentiate between the three. With that, I also you also want to factor in the magnitude at which players surpass the dotted line. If, if they just kind of barely got over the hump one year, it's not as valuable as somebody going crazy in their sophomore year. Why do this? It's a way to visualize breakout age, but it uses years out of high school, like I said. And why use years out of high school? I personally, I just care about freshman sophomore production. I want the first two years when you're out of high school for you to produce. I learned my lesson with a guy like Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley broke out as a true freshman at Alabama. He just had reasons in high school where he got held back or something like that. He ended up being like, I want to say maybe like a 20 year old freshman, something crazy like that. And that's what held him back. Everyone was pointed at his breakout age, breakout age, breakout age. It sucked. The thing is, Calvin Ridley has been great in the NFL. And the reason is because he actually had a really good analytical profile. It's just that he broke out as a freshman and he was just an old freshman. So instead of holding that against people for late birthdays and getting in trouble in high school i'd rather just look at freshman and sophomore production and that's what this does and it's a way of not double counting the breakout age now some of you guys might be asking well what happens if, if they don't pass that dotted line until year three what happens if they don't have a breakout age until year 20 or age 20 are you just crossing them off your list no the, the, here's the thing the next phase is we want to add context context is huge when we're evaluating these wide receivers the first piece of context i like to add when i'm studying these wide receivers context of competition the player broke out late who was in that wide receiver room let's use devonta smith for example here's devonta smith's charted weighted dominator rating in yards per team pass attempt over years out of high school he misses the line in his first two seasons on both graphs he barely misses the line for weighted dominator rating as a junior and he smashes yards per team pass attempt his junior year we know year three isn't a great breakout but let's add the context highest he has the highest teammate score in breakout finder history that's an app that's over at player profiler just takes into account a player's teammates in college he has a perfect 100, the highest in the whole app. Devonta Smith had Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Jalen Waddle. Potentially, 
four first round picks that he was competing with throughout his entire college career. You can give a, a player like Devonta Smith some slack on hitting those thresholds given his surroundings. You know, he doesn't have to break out as a freshman when he's in the same offense as a Calvin Ridley, as an Irv Smith, as a J uh, Jerry Judy. He has dogs on that offense. So when you have that many uh, pieces of the pie pulling different directions, it's hard to ask Devonta Smith to break out in his first two years. Now, if a player missed a dotted line with little to no competition in college their first two years, then I'm not that interested. The next thing I'm looking for is going to be, did this player come out early out of school? Well, th this is one of Devonta Smith's biggest concerns. He's coming out as a senior this year. This is a chart, uh, again, from Andrew Blair. Really good account on Twitter. Am I the real Blair? Uh, every step of the way, early declares outperform seniors in PPR points. So much so that the average second round early declare performs about the same as the average first round senior wide receiver. So this graph is just simply uh ppr points for the first two seasons with draft around on the bottom wide receivers you know the ones that are dogs the one that show stuff early show that they're pro ready at an earlier age are better than those late bloomers you know you want guys that come into the nfl and show their stuff at an early age and that also plays into account with dynasty you want players that break out those guys jalen rager denzel mims michael pittman henry ruggs the guys that didn't perform in their first year man they've now fallen off a cliff Guys that you were spending late first, middle first for, you now can barely even get middle to late second value for it. So those are the players you want to target. This is the early declare. It means a lot for me in my process. After looking at breakout age, age adjusted yards per team pass attempt, age adjusted weighted dominator rating, early declare competition in college. Now we're looking at size. And if you watched my last video where I talked about how I'm out on the late first round of, fan of rookie drafts this year in Superflex leagues, I talked a lot about alphas versus betas. If you want me to go deeper on that con uh, on that topic, make sure you go check out that video. I'll probably link it somewhere. I don't know. Now, when we're talking about size, when we're talking about the pure frame of these wide receivers, I want alphas. I want I want high T alpha males. Now, the, the two distinctions are alphas and betas. Uh, the alpha definition is the wide receiver needs to be 5'11 plus, 195 plus pounds in a 26 BMI or more. This is courtesy of Drew Oceanuck at DFB Encounter on Twitter. And it, it holds up for the most part. Again, I've talked about this before, but you're shooting for top six wide receiver upside, which in, in the last 10 years is about 20 points per game in PPR leagues. Since 2013, the only wide receivers to hit 20 points per game, 12 of 14 of them hit those thresholds and 85% of the top 20 dynasty wide receivers hit those thresholds. So 12 out of 14 of the 20 points per game wide receivers was an alpha wide receiver and 85% of the top 20 dynasty wide receivers were alpha wide receivers. So generally speaking, alphas are more likely to score more fantasy points and gain more value in dynasty. So when evaluating these players, I prefer alphas for upside. They both hit at about the same rate, but I want that top six wide receiver upside. Betas aren't undraftable, nor is it a red flag for me. You just have to kind of value the player's ceiling, role, floor, just a, just a way of getting a temperature on that. Now, when we're trying to gauge a player's role, it's all about painting this picture of what a, what a prospect is, what these wide receivers are. The next thing that I like to look at to kind of paint that picture of what a prospect is, let's look at the athleticism. This isn't something that's huge in my process, though. It really doesn't matter that much. When you look at guys like Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, these guys don't all look like DK Metcalf built in a fucking lab kind of thing. You don't need your wide receivers to be big, fast, explosive. It, it, to me, athleticism doesn't matter as much for on-field production as it just matters for role. I'm trying to paint a picture. Like I said, you got to put on your little Pablo Picasso hat here, and you want to paint a picture for what this player does on the field, what he feels like. Is he going to be an alpha? Is he a player that can play in all, all aspects of the field? A stat I really like for this is relative athletic score. It's very good to look at. Uh, you can just look at relativeathleticscore.com, something like that. I think that the Twitter account is like at MathBomb, but it combines size and athleticism and it, and it spits out a number out of 10. 
uh, really just looking for athleticism to match with the profile more than I'm looking for them to be some sort of like juiced up steroids user that's insane. If you're a deep burner, if you're a guy that wins down the field like a Diami Brown, you better run fast. I want to see a fast 40 time. You're a slot guy. I want to see some agility, some burst. Uh, I, I want, I just want your play style to match what I'm seeing on the, on the combine metrics. That's really all it comes down to. I don't need you to be some burner. Like I said, though, athleticism, I think that it's pretty overrated in everybody else's process. You know, they want to see somebody coming at over six foot, come in and, and break the combine. You really don't need that. You just need a, a player to be not super slow. I also don't want to see anybody go four, seven or below anything in the four sixes is about a, as slow as I'll go. Now, at this point, we're about six or seven metrics of, uh, of the way through. And I know a lot of you guys out there are where the fuck is the film at? You're not you're not watching any film. Here's my film aspect of my prospects. It's draft capital. The way the NFL industrial scouting complex sees these players with their scouts is good enough for me to implement as a film grade. Most of these teams, they use a massive amount of film in their process and it, it, it's pretty predictive. This chart, again, courtesy of Peter Howard, as you can see, the better the draft capital, the higher the top 24 hit rate. This makes sense because players drafted earlier are usually better and they demand early opportunity. And like I said, this is pretty much, if you use draft capital, you're pretty much using an input of what the NFL scouts believe and what they think. So I'm always using draft capital. Draft capital matters for me all the way. Uh, and I, I even like to break it down into day one, day two, day three, because I don't think that you need, you, you don't need to, you don't need your wide receiver rankings to be first round, second round, third round, fourth round. It does not have to be in order of draft capital, but it's something that you want to take into account. So for now, we're not at the, the uh, NFL draft yet. So I'm using projected draft capital. You can get that at grindthemox.com. As a little bonus, I say that I am, I am a film, I, I'm a analytics guy first. Then I'm a film. I'm probably about like 10% film, 90% analytics. I do like to watch some film. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good on the film stuff. If you want, if you show me a play, I can kind of break down X wide receiver, Y wide receiver, Z wide receiver, who's the split ends, who's the alpha, what the running back is doing. You know, I, I can kind of break down the coverage on the defense too. Anything in the passing game, I'm pretty good at. But even then, I do not use my eyes to tell me how good a player will be in fantasy football because I think it's foolish. If, you're, if your film grades are not outpacing draft capital then the whole thing is pointless i only watch film i'll catch highlights i'll watch a particular game where it just breaks down the player's routes and his catches just to get a feel for the wide receiver just to see what he looks like on the field is he making plays is he making splash plays uh what does he what does he look like he could be in the nfl that's what we're using those highlights for you also use them to, to paint the picture for players like a diami brown you don't know that he's a field stretcher until you watch the tape then you watch the tape he runs a bad 40 and now it's okay he's winning a lot down the field but if he doesn't have that field stretcher type 40 time then it's a little bit of a red flag for the last one this stat is just some extra credit i i really like using this stat especially for betas this is a really good stat to use for betas i like to use dynamic stats now Dynamic stats are kick returns, punt returns, and rushing yards. In fantasy football, we want a versatile player that demands the football. They produce fantasy points in multiple ways, and it creates an opportunity for their coach to get them the ball in multiple environments. Examples of dynamic ballers. Antonio Brown, Tyree Kill, Randall Cobb, T.Y. Hilton all had really good dynamic scores in college, all had really good special teams, kick returns, punt returns, rushing yards in college. When you have those those beta wide receivers and they can't be used uh, in all, all phases of the football field, you want them to be used behind the line of scrimmage in a in a dynamic role. The perfect wide receiver prospect that just makes me drool at the mouth. They have age 18, age 19 breakout, one of the two, year one or year two breakout and yards per team pass attempt and weighted dominator rating, an early declare, an alpha, an early draft capital. Those are the ones that I'm really looking for. Then the contextual metrics I like. I like looking at if they had elite teammates in college. What was their relative athletic score? What is their relative athletic score in their combine metrics show according to the player's play style on the field. Then last, I like to look at that dynamic, those dynamic stats, that special teams 
and rushing production. If you made it this far, man, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, join the Discord, like I said, join the Patreon if you want access to these stats. If you don't and you want to do it yourself, that's completely fine too. I want this, I want this video to be a public tool for you guys that are new to Dynasty, not only new to Dynasty, but want to get better at evaluating wide receivers. This is my prospect. And I'm not saying that I have a 100% hit rate either. If you guys have other things that you look for, I would love to know down in the comments down below. I'm always looking to get better when I'm evaluating wide receivers, but I think I have it right now at a spot that I feel pretty comfortable with. Now, with all that being said, make sure you go to my Twitter, follow my Twitter at RonStore underscore. I'm be coming out with a thread on this exact process on my Twitter soon. So if you want to see it in written form, my evaluation process, it's going to be on Twitter probably in the next week after this video comes out. Now, as always, I'll see you guys in the next one.